I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We're two landscape designers who have been working in the field well over 25 years. And through this podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge, our challenges. Our foibles, lots of stories, and our ideas how to help, how to create the most unique and wonderful landscape for you and your family. And, uh, you know, as we have navigated through the years, we've run into all different types of situations. And uh, we're going to pass on the knowledge that we have. And right now we're sort of in the midst of talking about plants. Yes. And plants are es- essential. They're, they're, I guess they are kind of like the frosting on the cake, although I usually say lighting is the frosting on the cake. But you're... Your plant, the, the plants that you put in is going to become that tapestry in your, you know, of your yard. Right. And if you think about a skeletal system, it's the skin and the muscle and the thing that, that kind of imbues a lot of life to your overall scheme. Yeah. And this is, this is the skin. Later on, we'll put on the makeup with the lights. Right. right. And the furniture and all the accessories. <laughs> yeah. And everything else. Well, Michael, I thought what would be fun... As we talk about perennials, and uh, let me just say, perennials are plants that that come back year after year versus annuals that bloom and then die. Sometimes they'll recede and come back, depending on what zone you're in. So annuals are those really pretty little six packs of colors that are impulse buys or you buy seasonal, but they're not plants that will last through the years. Exactly. So we're not and talk- annuals. You plant depending on the season. So, for example, we're going into winter, um, and here in California, we might think about pansies, stock, snapdragon, cyclamen. Well, I thought what would be fun is if we start like with a color wheel and starting with white, and we can Love name it. different okay. perennials. Okay. okay. So, um, okay. So I'll start with uh, Shasta daisy. Really pretty. Those are um, white petals, yellow centers. Yes, we used to call them those stinky daisies because um, if you're looking for fragrance, this isn't quite the fragrance you want. It's not overwhelming, but they're not they're not scented in a beautiful way. But they're beautiful in um, in summer bouquets. Okay, what do you got? Um. Oh God, I'm. Uh, uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank. Um, okay. How about how about scabiosa, which comes in white and purple? That's called pincushion flower. Okay, I like that one. That's good. Okay. There's scabiosa. There's also penstemons. Way oh, gar- yes. Penstemons. White gara. Good. Gara also comes in pink. Gara um, is one of these beautiful plants that has almost a waterfall effect. Which means you don't want it by the pool because the waterfall and the petals will drop in your pool and end up in your skimmer. But anyway, and um, it spreads they, like a weed. Yeah, it, gara. It's but like a weed. But it's very. You know what's really pretty? Mixing gara with with some of the grasses, it gives it a very really really rich meadow look. Yeah, it does. Especially you know the white lends itself well. The purple too. Now, if you, I mean, the pink. If you were going to use pink gara. And then let's say plant um, purple limonium or foxgloves. It's really beautiful. Something that will 
come up higher than the gara because the gara could get quite large. Okay, okay, I thought of another thing, white lantana. Okay, white lantana is a great ground cover. However, you're not going to see much of it in the winter. No. Nope. Um, that too comes in many colors. And uh, I okay, a real basic shrub for the landscape that blooms white are fortnight lilies. They look oh, like absolutely the for, the morea lily. Uh huh, morea. They're also called dietes. I don't know why they have different names. But these are heavy-duty workers for your landscape because they're evergreen. Um, they do tend to spread after many years, so you have to keep that in check. Um, well, you know, there's white ground cover roses. Yep, the carpet roses. There's the also white agapanthus. Yes, anything white in the plant world is called an alba, A-L-B-A. So it's Latin, but um, if you're going to get a plant that says alba, that means it's going to bloom white. And, and add another fact, perennial. Oh, see now, and you got me on a roll. Okay, okay. Bacopa. Bacopa. I love bacopa. It needs a little bit of shade. Can't put it in burning hot sun, but uh, that's a wonderful ground covery type plant that will actually, or in a, in a pot that will weep over the sides with little white flowers. That's oh, really pretty. Yeah. Because you said bacopa. I mean, there's two other ground cover types. One is myporum. Yes. The yes, blue I love white. that. One plant could spread like 10 feet and it's only a few inches high. So if you want to have a grass uh, alternative, you put in um, the myporum and then when they bloom, there's white everywhere. So that's nice. And the other one I was thinking of is a white scavola. White scavola is gorgeous. And how about carapia, which is also white? That's right. Carapia is a drought tolerant grass, Japanese hybrid, and it blooms little white flowers that the bees love. So, um, and the nice thing about that is you can get it in plugs or you can get it like sod in rolls. So you just roll it out, match it together. And before you know it, you don't even have to worry about weeds. Right. If, but if you have um, little children playing on it, those white flowers do attract bees. They love it. So you've got to watch out for that. Um, Erigeron, Santa Barbara Daisy. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a really good one. Nice, puffy. You could use it as a ground cover. It will eventually spread. And there's a spring. And actually throughout the summer, too, you'll have little tiny white flowers that are just beautiful. Okay, let's see. Um, Cystus, you were mentioning that last time with the yes, white Yes, the, the white rock rose. The white yes. rock rose and also the Cystus Mickey and another variety just like that called Little Miss Sunshine that have variegated leaves. And you briefly mentioned, and I kind of rolled over you, but you're right, the white carpet rose um, re or, or the iceberg rose, both of those really beautiful and give vivid white color. They do. And you want to plant them in bulk. Don't just do one here and there, because um, if you do three at a time, you'll get even more color out of it and then have things that pop up behind it. Yeah, uh, I love those. Raphiolipsis, which is Indian hawthorn, also comes in a white. That's another really hard, drought-tolerant, leathery leaf shrub that in the spring looks absolutely transformed with flowers. And um, it's deciduous, but spy white spirea. White spirea. Oh, and uh, our favorite. <laughs> most I'm saying this tongue-in-cheek because most people are afraid of them. But oleanders. And oleanders. Yes are wonderful. They can be wonderful. They can also come in dwarf sizes. 
Yes, they're poisonous to eat, but there are many plants that are poisonous to eat. So, And I have to say, if I was going to plant uh, a an oleander, the only one that I truly do like is the white one because uh, the color, you know, it is so vivid. I like the dwarf salmon pink, too, the ones that only get like three and a half feet. Yeah. They're, they're nice, too. Um, a plant I use quite often is cerastium, which is also called snow in summer. And they that have is a beautiful white flower. White flower and silvery, um, silvery little leaves, kind of like um, lamb's ear, but I mean, soft like that, but a completely different plant. And I don't know if you use convolvulus. That's they have a, a white bush morning glory. I love those. Those are they're hard to find, but yes, they're great because they have silver gray leaves and beautiful white flowers. I love those. Those are wonderful. Yeah, um, there are some lavenders that come in white. I was at the um, the Hampton Court Flower Show last summer. Hard to believe. It seems like 2020 started in AD and is still going. It's yeah. like we haven't gotten out of this year. <laughs> and but but last year I was at the Hampton Court Flower Show, which is even bigger than the Chelsea Flower Show. And there was a display of lavenders, and they had them in rows, so it looked like stripes. It was unbelievable. But they had white, pink light purple, dark purple. So lavenders do also come in white. And so do, so does limonium, sea lavender and status. Oh, sta I love status. That That's a really, mm -hmm. really good one. Oh, and a stilby. You ever used a stilby? Yes. I love a stilby and the whitest stilby is, is, um, it's, it's beautiful. Um, it's you know, it's funny because as you start naming more, you start thinking about more and more. And there's a lot of white flowering um, shrubs and perennials, which is quite amazing. Yeah. I mean, if we were to go back into the shrubs, that that's huge because there's gardenias, hydrangeas, viburnum, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there's, there are a lot, but we'll, we'll stick to the more flowery ones. And um, I'm, I'm racking my brain to think of any more white, but um, if you can't think of any more. I think we've covered a lot of most of them. Okay, foxglove I did uh, mention, but foxglove is digitalis. And they do have a white white um, delphinium. Oh, yeah. Good luck growing that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried so many times. Uh, you have to have just the right conditions, the right soil, um, you know, and then good luck. Oh, I think Liatris comes in white, too. I have the purple variety. And those those actually start as bulbs. But once they get going, you have them in your yard. Okay. So, so then roll the color chart and let's we, pick. How about red? Well, no, I thought we'd like go from like white to yellow to orange okay. to red. That sounds good. We'll do kind of a color wheel. So you could start with the yellows. There's lots of yellows. Oh, yellow. Yes. Coreopsis. Coreopsis. Now, Coreopsis comes in lots of different varieties. I love the moonbeam, but it also comes in. Um, a chocolate color, a red color, yellow with red centers, a pink, sweet dreams. And yellow is interesting because you can get a gold yellow or you can get a, a lemon yellow. Um, so yellow isn't always just yellow. Right. There's all different kinds. Oh, you know, back to the white geraniums. Just, I just oh, thought of that's, that. That is a good one. Geranium. Also trailing geranium as well as the Martha Washington geranium, the traditional geranium that everyone thinks about. Right. Uh, there's a, yeah, the, the Pelargonium and the Cranesville are the others. 
Um, okay, so you said Coryopsis. Okay, Rudbeckia, black-eyed Susan. That's a good one. They're a really wonderful. Good one. Summer, these are summer bloomers. Santalina. Santalina has little yellow buttons. Yes, and yeah. that comes in a green or, well, the, the, um, the gray is more of a yellow. The green is more of a cream color. They used to have this um, lime-colored one, but what happened is it, it kept going back to green. So um, now there's the silver and the, and the green. Um, okay, so I said Gallardia, which is blanket flower. Um, beautiful. How about Hemerocallis? Oh, yeah. Those come in all different colors. Hemerocallis are just wonderful to have. They're, they're, you know, people don't notice them when they're done blooming, but when they're in bloom, they're just really something. And one of the most common yellow ones that it's prolific because it blooms constantly is the variety Stella d'Oro, which yeah. is a yellow. And it's a, a kind of a dwarf one as well. Yes, I love that. That's a, that is a really pretty one. Mm -hmm. um, so there's also the ground cover roses come in yellow. Yes, yes. Uh, Potentia verna, the the uh, quinquefoil is a yellow flower. Right. That's that is not only drought tolerant, but I believe it's deer resistant as well. It is. It is. Huh? Oh, and there's an ice plant um, that also comes in yellow. So um, that's Delisperma. So it, it comes in yellow, and there's some new varieties called Desert Something, which are just lovely little yellow flowers. Any any the um, of the Delisperma, which are the ice plant, when they're in bloom, it's like somebody plugged them in. That's how bright, like an old Light Bright set. Remember? Right. Do you ever play Light Bright? Yes. <laughs> so that's how the color is on on those. And um, red hot pokers, though it's it's deceiving. The one of the varieties of a red hot poker is yellow. Yep, yep. Red hot pokers is also known as nipphophia. They're wonderful. And so, uh, what I like to do when I plant those, I also like to have um, yarrow. And yarrow actually it comes in white, yellow, gold, red, orange, and um, it's a wonderful plant. And I just planted some yellow yarrow, and I have to say it's beautiful because it blooms, it's drought tolerant, it's deer resistant, and it is pretty vivid. It's funny because yellow used to be one of my least favorite colors. I really? didn't use a lot of it, but I started using more of it because it just, you put it in a landscape, you put it amongst other things, and it makes everything else pop. So there's something about yellow that just, you know, it, it, it's very sublime. It does. You know, some people prefer hot colors, which would be the yellow, the oranges, the reds, and some prefer the moon garden, all white. Some like the soft colors, the blue, purple. But if you take a plant that's traditionally known as a hot color plant, like a yellow nipophia, and then you're to mix it with white daisies and soft, you know, white plants, you have a soft yellow. You know, it could work as well. So you know, don't think that you can't slip yellow into a cool garden. You you can. The lemon, you know, the light lemon yellows. Um, and what we talked about before for white lantana, there is a yellow trailing lantana that's absolutely beautiful. Oh, yeah. The lantanas, you know, they look like little sherbet cups, you know. Some of them, you know, the radiation has the big orange and yellow. And then they have one called rainbow that has all these little rainbow colors. They're just... Lantanas are heavy workers, um, but they are summer bloomers as well. They'll, they'll be deciduous. 
Okay. Uh, how about anagazanthus, which are kangaroo paws? Those are, oh, wow. And the yellow ones seem to, in my experience, are extremely hardy. They grow even better than any of the other colors. Yeah, the yellows. And they also, you know, they come in a dwarf variety, too. So if you don't want the ones that come up almost four feet, there are the smaller ones that come up about two feet. Oh, you know, another white flower um, are calla lilies and camellias. Oh, you're right. Yes. Calla lilies, right, are are in bloom again. Yes. Those are beautiful. Um, They they definitely set a mood. They do. And as designers... um, Generally, our clients have a preference of what what they want. And so the plants that we're going through and naming, we're naming them, but we, Michael and I, are aware of when they bloom, how big they get, what kind of zone, what kind of exposure. And these are things that you will need to know as well. So if you want to put in a a beautiful flower garden, you've got hydrangeas and callas, and then you want to put in red-hot pokers, you're dealing with two different sun exposures. So always check. Right. And um, for a shrub, I know we're doing more perennials, but kind of a shrubby, uh, you could call it a little bit of a perennial, would be Mahonia. The the Oregon grape has the most beautiful yellow flower. Yep. They're kind of like little yellow berries almost, huh? Yes, yes, uh, yes. Absolutely so does, beautiful. So does, what is, I forgot the botanical name of St. John's wort. Oh, oh. That's an H. Hypericum. <laughs> Hypericum, Yeah. Hypericum, and there's different varieties of that. And there's also the Maximilian daisy, which is this giant sunflowery type. And Tegetti's, actually, I have blooming in my front right now. Tegetti's has these um, orangey yellow flowers. Its common name is Italian marigold, and they are deer resistant. If you run your hands over them, it's like smelling this strong herb. They're, they're pretty wonderful. Okay, can you think of any more yellows? Um, I'm trying to think. Any more yellows? Um, there, oh, sure. go ahead. Um, well, it's it's a it's a tree, it's a shrub, but but they do have magnolia deciduous magnolias that come in yellow. They do. They're, they're very rare and they're hard to find, but it's a true yellow flower and it's quite spectacular. Yeah, I once saw one in full bloom in a Martha Stewart magazine. Actually, my neighbors have two of them. I always um, try to get it at the right time to take pictures. Um, you know, there is a ground cover yellow called Biddens, B-I-D-E-N-S. And that has yellow flowers as well. And Potentia, did you say Potentia? I, yeah, the, the quinquefoil. Yes, we talked okay, about that. Okay, but there's the other Potentia that's a ground covery type, um, you know, that, that goes everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> okay. All right. So I think we're moving on. We've gone from white to yellow. And now to the orange. So, orange. Yeah. What? Gazania. Gazania. Sounds like you sneeze. Gazania. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those are vivid. Yeah, a vivid orange. So are Arctotus. Yes, I love those. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And drought tolerant. They're beautiful. There's a very not very well known little perennial called Geum. G e u m that has delicate little orange uh, papery flowers, almost looking like ranunculus. Oh, those- okay, yes, yes, I've mm-hmm. seen those. And the Coryopsis will come in and, uh, with orange, orangey orange centers, and so will the um, Gallardia. And the black-eyed right. can be almost orange. And so will the daylilies. 
So the daylilies, actually, those are the type I prefer, the um, the red orange ones because they're so striking. And uh, Papa Bear Nudicale, uh, uh Iceland poppies. Poppies, yeah, yes. poppies. And poppies you- come in gorgeous. Well, and then then of course our California plant, um, uh, na- uh, native plant is um, is the regular poppy. A word <laughs> of warning. <laughs> um, so I have clients that love California poppies and California poppies look absolutely fabulous in the spring when they're blooming. And yes. then they go to and they look dead and they look like weeds. And so when you pull them out, they're going to scatter about a thousand more seeds. So be aware, you might love them and that's fine. But um, once you have them, it's kind of like uh, the morning glory, you know, Ipomia, you're always going to have it. Um, um, some of the, the, um, not succulents. Um, uh, oh, yeah. It's a cactus that's, uh, that blooms. Um, aloe. Aloe's flower is orange. Yeah, kind of a corally orange. Yeah, they're beautiful. Also, osteospermum, which is um, African daisy. They yes. now red, orange, kind of an off-white and purple. Those are great ground covers as well, kind of like azania. Um, African- um, not um, the um, torch uh, not torch lily. It's um, it's an orange. Um, oh God! They take full hot sun. I can't. I don't know. What to, yeah. Um, if you showed me a picture, I'd know. <laughs> oh, I, uh, it'll. I'll come back to it. But it's wonderful because um, down in, in Palm Springs, which is hotter than Hades, this in a very hot climate, Arizona, uh, Palm Springs, any place that gets over a hundred degrees, these are, uh, these grow like weeds and the hotter it gets, the better they do. Um, and they're orange. Okay. Oh, you know what I have growing right now? And each plant is over five feet high. They're called Tithonia. It's, um, T-I-T-H-O, T-H-O-N-I-A, Tithonia. And, um, they're amazing and they're massive. I bought these little quart size because whenever I find something I can't find normally, I'll buy it and I put them in my garden. And they are towering giants with these orange, gorgeous flowers. They're just amazing. Oh, they're not the lion's mane, are they? No, that's um, that's uh, Leonotus. That's another orange one. That's a gorgeous orange flower. Right, and you know I forgot to mention Zauchenaria, which is California fuchsia. Yes. Oh, I love those. Mm-hmm. Or um, also, there's a there's a salvia, um, vermilion, uh, vermilion. You've seen it. It's the or It's got the orange tube shaped flower, and it's a it's a salvia. Okay. There's also this vine, this climber. There's a couple. One is trumpet vine, that's got beautiful big trumpet orange flowers that the hummingbirds adore um and i was thinking of another one just now cape honeysuckle that's what i was thinking of thank you cape honeysuckle i wrote down i'm in front of me it says cape and then you you finished cape honeysuckle so that's a vine that and trumpet vine campsus radicans um those are vines and they are vines that can swallow up your house so make sure that if you plant it you're planting it somewhere that has a very heavy support and um you know you kind of keep it keep it in check the kangaroo remember i was telling you about the orange um the the orange plant that grows in palm springs Uh tacoma 
Oh, okay, okay. Capensis, Tacoma Capensis, um, is is absolutely wonderful. You know, um, there are books um, in the garden. Well, if you still have bookstores around in the gardening section that have books that are just books on color wheels of flowers. And they'll tell you what month they bloom in. And this is a key. Once you get your, you know, last week we spoke about shrubs and screening and those foundation plants, then come the flowers. And so um, what we're going over is a kind of a verbal um way of talking about plants but you can also get books and look them up because we, we know we're we know we're throwing out all these names at you but that's what we do okay. well and the other thing is is that a lot of people and and we might need to do this as a two-parter because we've only gotten to three colors but <laughs> the one thing that's really interesting is when you're doing a um a, a garden it's interesting to mix certain colors together and you get a very unusual effect. Um, for example, in France, you know, when I was in France and spending a lot of time there, they do, which kind of blew me away. They mix orange with pink. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, it's to each their own last time. I know. Um, in England, um, the, the big fashion for men's pants were florals. So I haven't right. seen that here yet, but um, it really, it really depends on what you like. And what we could do is when we do finish with all the plants, the perennials, we could start talking about our favorite combinations and we could do it slowly. So people right. can, you know, and I call yeah. them plant marriages, what you would put together, you know, and, and sometimes you have your marriages have a divorce and they don't work. So, you know, but, but it's, it's an interesting way of looking at plant groupings, calling right. them plant marriages. Okay. Oh, you know, as you were talking, I thought about a couple more orange ones, marigolds and zinnias. Now those are both annuals, but let me tell you, my zinnias, I put them in the spring and I am still picking massive bouquets of them. So those are great. Yeah, yeah. those are great. You just have to replant them again next year. They're not going to come back again and again. Nasturtiums. Oh, nasturtiums as well. That's a shady uh, plant. I love those. They're edible. They look beautiful in salads. And they're uh, orange and gorgeous orange. And they're gorgeous orange. And you know, uh, there are ground cover roses too. There's a new one I saw called Sonorita. And it's kind of an orange, corally orange. It's absolutely beautiful. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So, so that's that too. Well, do we have time to do the reds or should we, should we go from red? So next week we could do we could do the reds and the purples. The purples is a massive. I uh, love that idea. Let's yeah. Next week, let's do reds, purples, and then of course we have a plethora of pink. Yeah, and then we'll we'll go into the pink. That's the other end, and then after that, we'll talk about our favorite combinations. Because for me, um, once once you get the basics down, which are how to get from point A to point B, you know, your pathways. And then the other basic is your shade requirements. And then your other basic is your screening. After that, it becomes art, pure art. And so these plant combinations that you'll put in, you want them to change throughout the seasons. And you, you want to make sure that you don't plant something that only gets 12 inches in back of something that gets 36 inches, you know. So. Right, right. We could and talk keep in that. mind these, these um, you know, and I'm not trying to spend your money, but um, a lot of it's experimental. 
Um, even for people like Roberta and I, who've been in the business for years, um, we try things, we experiment, see if it works. And sometimes it's an unbelievable success, but other times it's a miserable failure. And yeah. I use my own garden to try things um, so that I'm not costing my clients money. But what I'll do is I'll try something, see how well it does. Um, and then if it does great, I can recommend it. If it does miserable, I can maybe not recommend it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I've, um, God knows how much I've spent on plants over the years. It's to me, um, going to a nursery is like going to Nordstrom. <laughs> yes. Love buying plants. I don't like planting them anymore because I have, I don't have much room, but, um, I have, have to say that almost everything I design in, I've grown it myself. I know what it's going to do. And there are things that I just stay away from because I just like, you know, we spoke about Delphinians. Yes. Uh, you know, forget it. And I once bought this gorgeous um, lupin. Beautiful. Oh, it was so beautiful. I hadn't even gotten in the ground the next morning. A slug ate right through the stem and the whole thing was done, collapsed. Right. Right. So, I mean, it's it's true. I mean, that's the big thing to tell, you know, for anyone that's listening to this is, is that part of it is favorites, things that you love, colors that you like, groupings that you like. But also part of it is kind of trial and error and the fun of buying something and trying it and see what success you have. Um, real quickly, I just have to say um, there's a plant. It's in the poinsettia family. Everyone knows what poinsettias are during Christmas, but it's a euphorbia. Mm -hmm. I bought them because it was a um, it was kind of a um, orangey kind of yellow orangey um, kind of sunset looking euphorbia that that was gorgeous. Put them in the garden in the fall, thrived. Winter thrived. Early spring was doing great, was flowering. It was doing great. The minute it got hot, it got to um, over 90 degrees. Every single one of them that I had planted dropped dead just dead. You whereas, know, whereas the other variety of euphorbia, the green one was thriving. Yeah. I found the same things. I used to use one called blackbird or something like that. So beautiful, you know, deep purple. It just didn't last. And there's another one called Tasmanian, maybe Tasmanian devil, something like that. They're very yes, good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I just, I just don't use them anymore except the wolfini, which is the green one. The problem with that, and I have them all over my yard is that they see themselves all over, but they're a beautiful plant. So Right. Uh, so it's, it's yeah. again, it's, a, it's kind of an experimentation because you start off and it's doing really well and it's growing and it's thriving um, in one season. And then you find in another season, they all just, you know, laid down and died. And so what's great for, for um, our listeners to know is that, yes, there's a science and yes, there's, you plant sun things in the sun and shade things in the shade. But sometimes um, with, especially with the nurseries developing these new hybrids, some of them just don't work the way they expect them to. Some of them don't. And the, I'd say the most important takeaway from today is this. Annuals are annuals. You could put them in, but they're not going to last. Perennials are going to keep coming back. And the nurseries do sell what's in bloom now. So um, if you're going to go to the nursery and look for something that's, well, we're at the end of summer, so you're not going to find black-eyed Susans or echinacea or any of that, you know, just the very end of it. Um, so generally they do sell 
what's in season. So you can, but just make sure when you read it, it is not an annual because if you're hoping to have a whole garden of it, <laughs> you'll have a garden of it for a month. That's it. For a month and then it'll die. And she's right. A lot of times nurseries will sell things that people see they're beautiful impulse buy. They'll buy it because it's blooming. And then they, they don't, they don't showcase nor sometimes do they even carry ones that are out of bloom though it's it, fall is a great time for planting. You may not see a lot of color out of it, but then when they come up in the spring, wow. Yeah. If, if you could find them, that's the thing. The nurseries, uh, just like, you know, news, uh, bad news cells. Well, with nursery, it's beautiful color cells. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Well, great. We hope that you have, um, at least heard our run through and um we will eventually get it together to get these lists on our website at um www.blueberry.net and you could leave comments there and you could even say hey you went through it so fast so we michael we will have to get together sometime and make these lists and right uh, and you know what someone might even have a question what would you put together what what two or three Feel free yeah. to ask questions, and we'll even feel free to answer them. <laughs> yeah, we will. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman, and we're Diggy Deep. Deep.